Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we continue our series, Ready, Set, Oh, I was going to see if you'd finish it off. Go! And as we explore God's Word here this morning, we're going to take here a look at 1 Peter 3.15. Let's read these words together. There's a lot that we read in that text, but this is what we're going to focus in on. We read together. Always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. Have you ever had a white-knuckle experience? Some of you are laughing. You know, the white-knuckle kind of experience, you know, that the idiom, like, when you're holding on tight for life, you know, like, like when you're going down a hill on your bicycle and you have no brakes, and you just clutch on and just like, dear God, dear God, dear God, you know, or like roller coaster rides. How many of you like roller coasters? How many of you hate roller coasters? And, and, and whether you hate them or love them, some of them, those who love them, they love that kind of white-knuckle experience. Or maybe they're not white necklace, they're going, Wee! and those of us who don't like roller coasters are going, oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. A white knuckle experience. Like, you know, when you're on the airplane, you know, if you're going to fly this summer, and you're enjoying the book you're reading, or, you know, the movie you're watching, and the nap you're taking, ignoring the person next to you, and then suddenly the plane drops, and your stomach goes up into your eyeballs, and you clutch, you know, the armrest, you're like, oh, dear God, dear God, dear God. Or what like happened, you know, just yesterday, zipping home from Omaha, you know, from one graduation party to another graduation party, and going past those people who were going a little bit slow, far left lane. They were slow. I wasn't fast. They were slow. And I zipping past them, and then I begin to feel the steering wheel do this kind of shimmy thing. And I'm like, oh, I've had this before. I know what's going on. And I begin to do this. And I'm like, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, we got to get over, we got to get over. And thankfully, there was nobody right there or right there. All the slow people, I passed them up. And we get over the side of the road, it's tired. And then we sat there and waited for like 45 minutes for AAA to show up. White knuckle experiences. I mean, we have those experiences in life where we're just like clutching on those things that just terrify us. And we hear these words of Peter, and I, I think for some of this, it's like a white-knuckle experience. Always be ready to give an answer when someone asks you about your hope. When someone asks us, when there's that opportunity that we think we could talk about Jesus and the hope that we have. And so in this series, Ready, Set, Go, we're exploring what it means for us as followers of Jesus to step out into the mission field. And we said this last week, and we've said this before, the mission field is where? It's right under our feet. So wherever you are at here in, in Lincoln, wherever you're at in Nebraska, wherever else you're at in the United States, as you travel this summer all over the world, we are sent out and we are given opportunities to share the hope that we have in Jesus. And we're going to explore these words of Peter through an encounter that Jesus had with a woman. It's recorded in John chapter 4, verses 4 through 42. We are not going to read the entire text. But if you want to dig into the text a little bit more, you know, if you're home and you, or you're in front of you, if you've got a Bible, you're going to open it up and kind of follow along, you can do that. But this encounter with a woman is called the Samaritan or the woman at the well. And some of you know this story. We're going to read just a portion of the text, though. Let's read this together. Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside Jacob's well. 
He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Would you please give me a drink of water? Jesus was tired. He's worn out. I, mean, I don't know about you. Have you ever been tired? Especially from walking. He'd been walking all day long. And now he sits down at a well. His disciples had gone off to get some food. Some translations say provisions. I love that. Provisions. They went to, you know, the, the quick mark to get some provisions. <laughs> and as Jesus is sitting there, there's a woman approaching the well. The Samaritan woman. Now, something I want you to know about this woman is that she was a real woman. I mean, she was a real person. This is a real story. She was a real woman, a real person with real problems. And she was dealing with real struggles. And as she approaches the well, even before Jesus begins a conversation with her, he can see already. He can see already on her face that is downcast, the frown on her face. He can see the heavy burden she carries on her shoulders. It's an invisible burden, but he can see it weighs her down. And she's made her way to the well at noon, all by herself. She'd walk past some of the other ladies that had gathered together to kind of snicker at her, point fingers at her. Because she would not have come to the well alone in the heat of the day unless she had been rejected, scorned by others in the community hurting and struggling, broken and rejected. She comes to the well, and much to her surprise, this man asks her a question. This Jewish man asks her a question. Would you please give me a drink of water? Now, Jesus was thirsty, but the reason he asked the question is because he knew that she was struggling and she was hurting he could see the heavy burden, that invisible burden that she carried on her shoulders. And he wanted to assure her that God's love and grace, his acceptance and forgiveness was for her. That her life could be different than what it was. Would you please give me a drink of water? Now, if you're following along, or if you get bored later on today after entertaining mom and want to read through the rest of this text, you know, she asked this question, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink of water? I mean, culturally, what's going on behind the scenes here is that Jesus is cutting through Samaria. Geographically, what you may not know about this part of the world at that time, was that the Jews and the Samaritans at one time were one people. It's what we call the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And after they had been conquered, you know, the Jews believed they remained pure to their faith and their culture. But the Samaritans, they were like half-breed cousins. 
You know, the ones that you like, oh, they came to the fan reunion. Those kind. They had kind of, you know, mingled with the other cultures and religions around them. They had lost some of their identity. So the Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. In fact, they would take the longer way around to get from one point A to point B just to not cut through Samaria. But Jesus had taken his disciples through Samaria. And they were gone getting provisions. And Jesus was sitting there at Jacob's well. She asked the question, how is it that you, a Jewish man, would ask me, someone as a Jewish man you would see as unworthy, unacceptable, unlovable? And they begin carrying on this beautiful conversation. And Jesus begins saying, you know, if you knew who it was asking you, you'd ask me to get you a drink of water. And she's like, dude, uh, obviously that can't happen because guess what? You don't have, you don't have like a bucket or anything. You've got nothing to draw the water up. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? I mean, now she's kind of questioning and puzzled, maybe a little perturbed, maybe a little sarcastic. It's still hurting and struggling. And as the conversation continues, Jesus begins revealing to her that he knows much more about her, about her hurt, about her struggles, about her pain, her brokenness, her longing to be accepted and loved. And she goes on to say, well, I know someday the Messiah will come. And Jesus says, I am he. I am the one that's promised. And from there, from that conversation, that experience encountering Jesus, you know, she runs back to her village, goes back to her village, and she begins telling others about the one who spoke to her, who understood her, who spoke God's love and forgiveness, this Jewish man who said that she was worthy of God's love and forgiveness, that her life could be different than what it was. A simple conversation. And Jesus changes this woman's life forever. Jesus gave her hope. He gave her God's love and acceptance. And as this conversation continued, I, I think we see in this conversation a pattern. A pattern that we've talked about before. So we're going to review this. And before you put the slide up there, I'm going to see, test people's knowledge. You know, we, we, we talked about this pattern of like, how do we talk about the hope we have? How do we talk about Jesus? How do we, even if we're white-knuckled, maybe not physically, but internally white-knuckled, talking to someone on the airplane or at the ball field or at work or school or the neighbor across the street? How do we do that? White-knuckled or not? We talked about three A's. So really quick, just really quick, does anybody remember the three A words? Some of you said that. That's awesome. Put it up there on the slide. Ask, admire, admit. Now you got it, right? Ask, admire, admit. Ask. It's really simple. We're going to just review this really quick. Ask. Ask questions. 
So again, what does Jesus do you know, with the woman of the well? He asks questions. I mean, the first question he asks to break the ice is, would you get me a drink? And, you know, they, and they carry on that conversation. I know this is a pattern that I've had when I'm sitting by someone on the airplane, you know, which most often when you sit by someone that you don't know on the airplane, what's the one thing you hope they don't do? Talk. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I sat next to you, so unless you can't speak English and I can't speak what you're speaking, then we're going to probably have a conversation. But ask questions. I mean, ask questions like, yeah, you know, where are you from? Where are you traveling to? Where are you coming from? You know, who are you going to go see? You know, what kind of work do you do? Just creating that conversation that happens. And again, that doesn't have to be a stranger, you know, sitting next to you on the airplane. It could be the neighbor that just moved in. We've got some new neighbors that haven't moved in yet, but they're moving in. Look forward to getting a chance to meet them and simply ask them questions, break the ice. Let's get to know each other a little bit. And asking the questions doesn't have to be a one moment, one question. It could be over the course of hours, days, weeks, even years. The second is admire. We talk about admire. We talk about admiring what someone has about who they are. I mean, Jesus could have just slammed this woman. You are a Samaritan. You are below us as Jews. You are half-breeds. You are unworthy. But Jesus speaks to her for the faith that she does have. It admires the faith she has, but it says, let me tell you something more about what you're truly longing for. And ultimately, you know, she's longing for the one that sits there at the well with her. And then admit. Admit the hope that we have. Now, Jesus, you know, he admits that he is the hope. So a little bit different than us. But admit the hope that we have. So when we admire, you can admire that somebody might have a variety of beliefs, political views, whatever they are. You can admire that they, they, are, they are a family person, that they're hardworking. Whatever it is that you admire about who they are, you just say, that's really great. And you use that to understand them better. But then you look for that opportunity to admit to the hope that you have. The hope that we have in Jesus. Because like the woman at the well, we too have real problems. We too wrestle with and struggle with things in our lives. We too live with uncertainty, uncertainty sometimes that we are truly forgiven and loved and accepted by God. Yet part of gathering here is that we gather here to be refreshed in the assurance that God loves you, that he loves us, that he forgives us, that he is with us. And we knit that hope. So here's the question. The question is this. What is the reason for the hope that you have? Okay, now the simple, really simple answer to that is who? Jesus. Say that with a little more confidence. It, the reason for the hope that you have is who? Jesus. Jesus. All right. But what about you personally? What about your story? Just like the woman at the well, I mean, there may be similarities to her story, to my story, or your story. But our own stories are different. For some of us, we've grown up in the church from little on. We've, we've sung the stories and the hymns. and the, we've, we've gone to vacation Bible school and Sunday school. For some of us, you know, we entered into you know, church and getting to know Jesus later in life. What's the reason for the hope that you have? And for me, and I've shared this before, it was my friend Craig who in middle school invited me to come to church with him. So going into high school, you know, I went through adult confirmation class, got baptized. And I experienced there 
a God who loved and accepted me when, because of, you know, living with the father that I lived with, I didn't feel loved and accepted. And I found a God who loved and accepted me. That's part of my story, part of the reason for the hope that I have. But what's yours? Yours may be similar and different than mine or the wind of the well. But each of us has a story. Whether we have been a part of the church life since the day we were born, or whether we enter this relationship with Jesus later in life, what is the reason for the hope that you have? You know, here at Holy Savior, we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And growing in Jesus, one of the ways we grow in Jesus is grow in the assurance of and the certainty of faith that we are truly loved by God. That Jesus and his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave, assures us all of our sins are forgiven. That no matter what the struggles we face, we are not alone. And we are called to share his love. The love that he has shared with us. The love that he continues to pour out into us. So as you go out this week, I'm going to give you a couple of questions. And if, you, if you're really serious about doing this, you can screenshot these questions here. But some questions or statements for you to think about. I guess not question statements. The first is to do this. Set a time and give yourself two minutes to write down your faith story. You, you can go longer, but just two minutes really quick. Sketch it out. Think about it. What is my faith story? You know, where has God really been a part of my life? Which leads us to the next statement. Focus on the really important standout moments and events in your life. I mean, for some of us, life has been kind of plugging along. But most of us, at some point, have had life that's like this. Or like this. Or like a roller coaster ride, and you don't like roller coasters. And you're like, dear God, dear God, dear God. And you realize that he's put his arm around you. He said, I'm here with you in this roller coaster ride. Those moments, those stand-up moments in your life. And then next, this one is the question. How did the gospel affect those moments or events? How did Jesus' presence, how did his love, how did his forgiveness, how did that affect those moments, those white-knuckle moments, those terrifying moments, those down moments? And maybe it's an exciting moment. Maybe it's a rewarding moment. Maybe it's a time you celebrated, a time when you saw an answer to prayer and you said, thank you, God, I see your presence in my life. But just take two minutes this week and reflect on your story, your reason for the hope that you have. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are our hope. And Lord, sometimes... Sometimes, Lord, it is a white-knuckle experience when we see that we have someone before us that maybe we've known for a long time, maybe someone we've just met. We could share with them the hope that we have. We could ask those questions. We could listen to their story. We could share the hope. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you give us the words to say, the actions to take, the encouragement to share the reason for our hope that, Lord, those that we encounter in our lives, that they too may experience Jesus, who is the reason for our hope. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening.
until next time. <laughs>